0: All right. What's going on everyone? Howdy howdy. First, thanks to Ty and Itzel and the rest of the team for putting this event together. It's a really awesome setup. Can we give a round of applause to Ty and the team? All right. And then I think the best way to start this is by introducing who we are, why we're up here. So Logan Forsyth. Spencer Murphy. We are the founders, co-owners of a company called Media Scaling. So we launched in, it was idea in January. We took it to market in February of this year and then grew it to a seven figure annual run rate within three months. We're now six months in, we have 43 plus employees. Collectively across client accounts and past experience, we've generated over one point, last we checked, 1.74 billion organic views across social media platforms. And our big USP is we work with top personal brands and podcasts and we guarantee them anywhere from 200,000 to 600,000 followers and anywhere from hundred million to 200 million views in three months. So we'll get into the strategy into all the how and everything through this. But first I'm really curious of who in here has a personal brand and creates content. Okay. Who in here, wants to start a personal brand. Okay, and then who in here does not care about running a personal brand right now? It's not required. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so I think it's a good segue to first. We'll go off of what do you do when you don't have a personal brand yet, you wanna start one, and the best way to systemize it and scale it up quickly, do you wanna kick us off on that?
1: Sure. We pull up some resources we have so, first thing is kind of obvious, but you got to get on every platform if you're not. Big five, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, really underrated, Snapchat, and TikTok as well. And it could be as simple as just posting one video a day, the same video across all platforms. Some people will recommend not doing that, but really it's fine. They all hit different audiences. And if you're starting from scratch, one thing you're going to want to do is 80 20 your content. So, 80 20. of it going broad, where you're just talking about things that relate to all people. So like Ty was saying, health, wealth, love, relationships, that relates to everyone in the world. So that will help your content get out to mass audiences. And then the other 20%, you want it to be towards your niche. So if you're real estate, you wanna talk about real estate. If you're an e-comm, talk about e-comm. And that'll hit your niche if you're selling a product. And from there, it really just, comes to volume and quality. So the more volume is really gonna help you scale as well on social media. We found ideally on TikTok, but it goes across all platforms, six posts per day, you're gonna get the most amount of growth. We've gone to 12 posts per day, we've gone down to three a day. For whatever reason, six is like that magic number to get optimal growth. And it applies on Instagram as well. And yeah, that's the good starting point. I don't know if you have anything you wanna add to that.
0: Yeah, I would say to add on top of that, like some of the Clients that we work with or have worked with are Manny Koshman, Jason Capital, Iman Godzi, Ty, we're excited as our newest client, we're gonna be launching with him in the next coming weeks, Ryan Pineda, and the list goes on. And it's consistently crazy to me of basically all these creators don't have a Snapchat account. So everyone should be on Snapchat. A lot of the times it's like, our top performing platform for different clients. It's very underrated. There's over 400 million daily active users on Snapchat and people don't act like it exists. I mean, you can just repost the same content on Snapchat from your other socials. And then just to go off of what Spencer mentioned of the 80-20 rule of 80% of your content going broad, 20% being like niche and on the expertise of who you are. I know it's probably very different than what you've heard for a long time now. And the reality is that TikTok completely changed the game in the algorithms of social media. Uh, TikTok became what it is from Musical.ly to now the fourth largest platform and over 1 billion daily active users with just crazy retention numbers because they made it to where anyone with any following size can go viral, right? And so people who had 400 followers to post a video and then they get 10 million views overnight, next thing you know, they have a huge following. And that was the big selling point behind TikTok and why so many people moved over to that platform, started creating content. And now every main social media platform has adopted this. We have a lot of accounts. We're currently posting last time we did an audit 11,490 times per month across social accounts for our clients right now. And we have a lot of accounts that have hundreds of followers, 400 followers. And then we'll have videos that get 2 million views, 3 million views. You need to look at every single post as really like a blank canvas, putting your all into it. We have I wish we could share screen. We have a lot of resources that we could share with everyone, but we have like guides and different hooks and frameworks, et cetera, to create better content. But overall, if you look at every piece of content you post out with the blank canvas, every single one has the opportunity to get millions of views. And then that's gonna be like more of the top of funnel for you that creates a lot more exposure and growth. And then you can sprinkle in that 20, 30% of content based on whatever it is your expertise says and it's still going to brand you as an expert in whatever that may be and drive results for you.
1: Yeah, each content is like another at bat, and the more at bats you take, the more opportunity to hit a home run is the way I look at it. Another great thing, since it sounds like a lot of you don't have personal brands or starting from one, to think about is we call it AAC, which basically means assets, advantages, and connection. So assets are basically things that you have that your audience or your customers might want. So for example, tie with the Lamborghinis, the private jets, those are assets that his audience or target customers would want or aspire to have. Advantages are things that are unique to Ty that his competitors can't have. Like his competitors can have a Lamborghini, they could fly private, but for Ty, an example might be knowing all the cognitive biases and the 67 steps, his competitors don't have that same advantage. Another example, a client I worked with for four years, Jason Capital, his assets as well were some of those things like the Bentley, living in California, also living in Puerto Rico, having a bi-coastal lifestyle. And his advantage, one of them was being like a college athlete. He played college basketball. And then the connections are the things that are going to make you relatable to a lot of your audience, where if you are at that place, much more like successful in their eyes, where you just seem like a character, not a real person to them, you want to have these different connection pieces. So for Jason, for example, one of his connections was he has two dogs and he would just always post his dogs because it just makes you relatable. Also posting your family. So he'd go out to dinner with his girlfriends and he'd just post you know, the dinner they're having. And it just makes you more relatable when you add in those connection pieces versus everything being like, oh, this is another Lamborghini. I can't relate to this guy at all. But if you throw in your dogs, you throw in your mom, these things that are connection pieces that everyone can kind of relate to, when you mix those three things, that's how you can really build up your personal brand and positioning in the marketplace. So yeah, any questions so far on this stuff? Yeah. Cool. Uh, what are you guys
0: seeing on, on the threads and Twitter side of things? I think that's, what. what how are you like positioning yourselves for that?
1: Yeah, so our specialty is really short form content, video content, so we don't really use Twitter. Just with the way our strategy works, we don't really incorporate it. It is really interesting to see on Twitter though, I'm sure most of you have heard of Andrew Tate. His interview with Tucker Carlson just reached the most viewed interview of all time. It beat the Michael Jackson and Oprah Winfrey interview and it's on Twitter, which is typically not a video platform. So we're definitely keeping our eye on it, but the way we do things, it doesn't really work. And with threads, we're actually talking about it on the way here where it got like the most downloads and most users within the first 24 hours. And like 90% of that has dropped off. A lot of people have stopped using threads already. So we're not too focused on threads, Twitter as well. But I do know when it comes to Twitter, the best way to grow on Twitter is with threads. So like long threads of tweets. So I'd focus on that as well.
0: Okay, and then are you guys using, uh, are you guys having people post organically or are you using any software? And then love the framework. I don't know if you guys have a lead magnet or anything where you have your frameworks or whatever, any downloads.
1: There's no lead magnet, there's a case study in our website explain some of how we do things. If you go to mediascaling.com, the previous question, what was the previous question before the frameworks? What software are you using to post? Got, it, or got it. Are you like having- Yeah, we have team people? members, uh, our social media managers who do everything manually. There's different softwares out there and some of the platforms like YouTube, they allow you to schedule and auto upload. TikTok also allows you to do that. So they'll do that. But any of the third party softwares have just found that you can get accounts flagged. The platforms usually don't like them and it's better just have someone manually posting.
0: It's always great to look at the incentives of each social media platform. And if you're using one of these third party tools like Sprout Social or Hootsuite, it's a way for you to get around actually going on the platform and using it and engaging with other accounts and watching content, which is what social media platforms want, right? So they don't really encourage that behavior and we see the opposite happen. So we don't use any softwares at all for scheduling out content. We only use the native platforms itself. So inside of the meta schedulers or whatever the case.
1: Question in the back. Would you say starting a personal brand, let's say I wanna start a personal brand and try to go international. Would you say I should have a strategy of having something to sell first? Or do you think it's a good idea to start a brand and then figure out the rest later?
0: If you're gonna do it in the biggest way and effectively, then there's you wanna put revenue and capital towards it to really scale up. Otherwise you're gonna give yourself a full-time job very quickly. So it's good to have some type of source of income already. And this is like an investment that you can make to create more exposure behind whatever it is that you're doing. But like I heard Andy Frasilli talking about this fairly recently on the fact of, arguing the case of should you or should you not have a personal brand? A lot of people, maybe they're B2B and they don't feel like it's as necessary for them or as valuable. And the case that he used was, well, you can have the exact same business, the exact same offer, and it could be myself, and then talking about Andy Priscilla, or it could be someone else. And they're gonna go with me 10 times out of 10 because I have a personal brand and the other person doesn't. And then it just, it opens so many doors for you, especially the larger your brand gets. Like I think about a lot of how can you open more doors, network with more people and, and do it quickly. You're looking at like accessing anyone in the world, billionaire, celebrities, whatever the case. The two ways to do this, or you can combine them together is generally what I see be a billionaire or have a massive personal brand. So if you have a personal brand, you can open so many doors so easily. There's a lot of benefit to that. It's always best if you do monetize it in some way, but if you are making money in whatever way you have, and then you can invest that to creating a personal brand, there are going to be benefits that come, whether it's direct or indirect. I have a small uh, a small business and I'm also a, a consultant I work with manufacturing plants and help them with their processes and I started my personal brand I started to do uh, long videos uh, on YouTube then those videos I, I uh, cut them off into into short form but one problem that I have is is that I don't have enough well because I'm busy with with the other things I don't have enough enough time to to put uh, six pieces a day of content or one piece a day I, I usually depending on how busy I am I I Put out like two or three pieces of content uh, per week. So, how what wh- what would be the first step to start uh, putting out the, the volume
1: uh, part? You're probably gonna have to hire someone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't recommend that you post six pieces of content per day per platform for yourself. And you can delegate this fairly cheaply. All of our account managers are U.S. based because we want to target the bulk of our, our views need to be quality. So, bulk of U.S. followed by Canada, Australia, U.K. However, if you have an account that is aged on platforms and uh, you're already getting US demographics, it is okay for you to hire a third party uh, or a third world account manager. You could pay someone fairly cheaply uh, to get that going and start posting more content for you, but I do not recommend posting all this content yourself each day.
1: So that was perfect. That, I had two questions and that was one of them. The other one is if you're somebody that is looking at building a personal brand and you're not somebody who has the Lamborghini or like the huge house or something like that. What are some assets that you can um, not be rich and have that will give people the like the want to have something like that? So assets, I use Lamborghinis and Jets as an example, cause it's a very easy one and you can see it, but assets can also be accomplishments. So clients you've worked with, the amount of students you've helped, the amount of lives changed, things like that as well. It doesn't have to actually be like a physical asset. It can be, yeah, like an accolade.
0: So there's a million and one people out there who are, we call it talking head content. They're just, you know, I'm talking into the camera and That's majority of the content, and you blend in with everyone else. Uh, The biggest piece that I see so many people missing is they don't utilize B-roll, and if you're looking to start your own personal brand, I would recommend, we can talk about systemizing the content creation part process, and this falls into that umbrella. But a big part of that is when you're getting started, spend a month, two months, go out and get a ton of B-roll of whatever it is that you do that makes you who you are. Right? Just showcase your personality. It doesn't need to be mansions and you know Lamborghinis, things along those lines, but just things that are personal to you. Uh, and the more that you showcase your personal life and your content as well, the more it builds like a bond and a relationship, like with all of our clients in the onboarding process, we have them do what we call a camera roll dump to where they go through their, their camera roll, their photo album on their phone, create a shared album with us and send us as many and as much like pictures behind the scenes, things that they have with family, friends, just being out because that adds a lot of personality to your content. And then you can add that into each edit that you make without necessarily needing to feel like you always need to change up your environment, right? You can always film at the same exact spot and then just add different B-roll in your content and it makes you unique and you stand out amongst everyone else out there because very few people would do it.
2: So aside from what you just shared, can you share some more organic YouTube growth strategies?
0: Sure. Our real focus is on short form. That's why like we've tested this strategy on Twitter, just haven't seen great results for it, which is why we have taken that bandwidth resources to double down on other platforms. But with YouTube specifically, we follow the same framework, posting six times per day typically on different accounts. And then YouTube has, you wanna have strong copywriting, so good captions that also hook people in because YouTube Shorts, you can't choose or upload a thumbnail. So your caption does do a lot of the legwork as far as making it more clickable. And then you want to utilize all the different features on each platform. like YouTube has community posts and you can post on there just regular like Instagram style content of pictures, or you can just do text just like you would on Twitter. That helps the health of the account. And what we found is it does help as well. If you're posting even like one clip per month. And when I say clip, I mean like a horizontal longer video, two to 10 to minutes to one hour, but if you mix that in with a lot of short form content, we found that that does well.
1: Yeah. I would touch on that as well with YouTube. One thing if you're not doing that, you should be doing is thumbnail rehashing. So changing the thumbnails on your videos and seeing the click through rates before and after you change that and constantly testing to find new thumbnails, that will be huge in helping your videos. And they can be two, three year old videos that you're changing the thumbnails on and when you change the thumbnail, the algorithm will reserve it out to people. So, that's a really good way to already just utilize content you already have and get more reach from it. And then another point on here, we have what is social SEO? Part of our strategy as well is doing such a mass volume of content. I'm sure you all here are familiar with search engine optimization SEO. So, with social media, it kind of works in a similar fashion to where if you have a bunch of TikTok accounts, Instagram accounts, Snapchat accounts, all linking back to your YouTube. Like every video they post, they mention it, or it's in the bio, it ranks your YouTube channel, or all of your social media profiles really, higher. So that's another thing I would mention as well, is like create some more secondary YouTube accounts, and then link back to your main account. Post some shorts on that secondary account, and link back to your original account, and it should help your original account rank higher.
0: There's a few things I wanna to touch on there. First, going back to the thumbnail rehashing, almost all nobody's doing this as well, and it really does give like, a new boost, like a new revival to your post. And it's like making a new post, but not doing all the work. All you did was like create a new thumbnail. And we've seen posts like double their view counts, go from a hundred thousand to literally millions, uh, just from rehashing thumbnails. And then also, no one is doing this on Instagram, but we've have, we've measured the results on the testing behind this. And we've seen that when we roll out thumbnails on all of our Instagram reels, we have three X results as far as view counts go. And the reason being is because every single time you put a post out, they are gauging it with the algorithm and testing out the different engagement rates behind it. Your posts are going on the explore page. And if you have a thumbnail, you're in control of what people are seeing, of the reason of why they would click on that post. Versus if you don't have anything, usually it's just like a weird frame and you're like, you know, your mouth's half half open and it's like the wrong angle of your face. You don't have any headline. So if you use thumbnails on your post, you can create a clickable headline. And then when you go to the Explore page on Instagram, if you have a good thumbnail and it's better than all the other posts, your post is gonna get clicked and that's gonna create a lot more views for you. And then you can uh, rehash thumbnails on Instagram just like YouTube and it creates a new revival on the post. So we track like whenever posts have stopped getting more views, we'll go in and rehash the thumbnail. Sometimes
2: it'll double and get them going again. Question here. First off, thank you for coming out. Um, I'm planning on doing a video here in my garage with my Honda Accord and I was wondering if you could help me make that, I'm kidding. Um, one, one platform I never hear anyone or rarely hear anyone talk about that, I've had some personal success uh, to a small degree. I'm not an expert by any stretch is LinkedIn, but my business is B2B. So I don't know if that's why, if most businesses in the room are not B2B, but that's the one that I feel like that I've not feel like, but that's the one I've had success over the years with. And so wondering if you had any tips on that I've I've mostly have used not mostly I have only used it organically and I've grown it I mean still very tiny it's also it's all relative but I have I guess about 16,000 but I've I've grown my businesses that way by just organically and I was wondering if you had any tips on that or what your thoughts are on LinkedIn in general
0: I wish we could give you a lot. We've also, again, we like fully focused on short form. We've run this strategy on LinkedIn and haven't seen great results versus just doubling down on the other platforms. They're not really optimized for short form content like most of the other social media platforms. So I know it's like longer form content is preferred on the platform. And then also SEO is powerful on LinkedIn and doing longer articles. A lot of the time when I search on Google, LinkedIn articles are coming up at the top. And a lot of people get found that way
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say just long form copy is really what helps on linkedin and i would say if you're not doing this already just see what's worked the best like which of your posts have got the most engagement and see how you can rehash that like write it again with a new headline change it up and just constantly remix those winners and just double down on those video content we haven't seen really do great on linkedin so that's why we don't focus on it all right um my question is do you have any um software or application that you use to rate your copy or your uh youtube short i i I have one in mind but i can't think of the name of it that i use but i want to
0: know the one you're using
1: (laughs) yeah so there's there's a hemingway app which is good for like the the captions and the titles to get that lower grade level of reading we use one called the fk score it's very similar to heming hemingway app and then when it comes to ranking the videos really it just comes down to posting it and seeing what gets the most views and tracking that like we're very data driven, we see what gets the most views and we're constantly reiterating on those posts and doing less of what doesn't work well or seeing what didn't work well, how can we change this up and try and make it better? But really, you gotta just let the numbers do the talking for you when you post it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good segue. I wanted to share our strategy as well of how we're able to, like month one with clients, we're posting anywhere between 3,600 to 5,400 posts per month. And so I wanted to share a little bit more about the scale strategy after you have really the foundation built behind your personal brand. So the process is we have a team of editors, they'll go in, they will repurpose the long form content into short form clips. And then we have a double review process. We just, you know, we provide a lot of resources and training for a team. So we have good copywriters who are writing the copy, but then we have a team leader for each client who leads the entire team. Our team is generally anywhere from like eight to up to like 15 people per client. So we'll have a team leader, they review all the content first and look for just optimizing, improving the content as well as any spelling errors, whatever the case may be. And then they will leave notes for revision and or approve it. And then we have our social media managers as that second layer of review to where they'll go in there, review the content one more time, make sure that everything is, because we do, we do volume, but it also needs to be quality. If you have a low quality post, it's never going viral. So it doesn't matter how much content that you post. So that's sort of process for like editing, there's a lot more like fun Fundamentals and components that go into that, but as far as us being able to do the volume that we do, we really like, shout out to Andrew Tate for pioneering this. Um, I, you know, regardless of your opinions on him, there is something to be said about what he accomplished for himself. There's a lot he says I don't agree with, but he is who pioneered the strategy of having all these secondary accounts posting your content so you can 5x, 10x. A lot of time we're doing like 130x the volume of people whenever we start posting with them because we create a huge network of secondary accounts that are branded to them. So we call them batches, but we'll set up usernames like Ty Lopez. It'll be Ty Lopez Clips, Ty Lopez Reels, Best of Ty Lopez, Ty Lopez Fan Page. And then we will create these across the five short form platforms. Next thing you know, we have 25 to 30 additional secondary accounts that we're posting six times per day per account. So we're able to post anywhere between 3,600 to 5,400 times per month. And doing that level of volume is what creates a ton of new views and exposures. And then we're optimizing all the secondary accounts to funnel all that traffic back to the main socials. And we've seen... Create, like Iman Godzi started this strategy in July of last year. It's been exactly a year, and he started his preferred platforms where he's focusing on pushing most of the traffic is YouTube. And he started with 345,000 subscribers. He's been running it for one year now. He's at 2.95 million subscribers in one year with this strategy. So it creates exponential results, and we see that time and time again with implementing this. So once you get to the level, you have a foundation it's a volume game. And a lot of these secondaries can build audiences that have tens of thousands and even 100,000 plus pretty quickly within, I'd say, three to six months if you are doing volume with quality. And next thing you know, you have a huge competitive asset that most people don't have that gets you a lot more views and exposure.
1: All right, a lot of hands raised. Uh, I got the mic, so I'll go. (laughs) Um,
0: Are there any scenarios where it would be advantageous to buy fake followers? um, No. 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 (laughs) Don't do it. Your account will never come back. I mean, if it does, it's gonna take a lot of work and a lot of time. Social media platforms know when you buy fake followers and they're not gonna reward you for that. The only scenario I would see is I mean I see a lot of people do it, but if you just want to you know use Instagram for dating or whatever, people will go out and like buy a hundred thousand followers to make themselves look better. but if you're trying to actually grow a brand on social media, it's uh not smart. never buy followers, don't bot this process whatsoever. Algorithms know it, and your account will be punished for it all right, uh, I know you mentioned it uh not too long ago, but if you could go over again, like the process that you use to like systemize the content creation to make sure it's good quality across, like if you have a big team that's working on it, like the process you go through to make sure everything is good quality content. I was like the team
1: leader. Okay, yeah, so we have a multi-process review system where we have a team leader on account. They're kind of the one overseeing the editors, the account manager and facilitating everything. So they're doing a content review on what the editors are creating. And then the next check is through the social media manager. The social media manager is the one actually posting the content. So both the team leader and the social media manager are checking the content for quality, making sure it follows guidelines, spelling, grammar, better hooks, things like that. And then It's getting posted out. And then we have a process as well where after it's posted, we're looking back at the analytics to see how it performed, what we can do better next time.
0: A lot of it too comes from just having great people. I know there's some questions asked about hiring people do 80% of the legwork. So we have great editors in the first place who we don't need to babysit them too much, right? We do create content databases for all of our clients to where all their, part of the onboarding process again, we get all the raw footage that we can and then we'll go on YouTube generally to get their long form content and we create just Google Sheets And we'll have, we call them our clips coordinator. They'll go through and they'll timestamp every single section of a piece of content to where a new question is asked or the topic changes or whatever the case, that way our editors don't have to spend a ton of time, like going through and sifting and trying to find this themselves. They can go straight to the content database, just go at one of the timestamps that our clips coordinator has created and use that. Clip it out. They create the edit. We have great editors, so generally the edits are really good up front. And then we do have that two-layer review process to make sure that we're only getting like A quality every single time we post.
1: All right, we got one more question.
0: Yeah, using the Andrew Tate model, what? Um, so using the Andrew Tate model, are you are you posting the same footage for every single like sub account? And what is actually driving like, the views on these sub accounts when you're starting those out at zero compared to like a main channel like Ty Lopez, for instance? Like, what's making Ty Lopez clips get tons of views as opposed to like his general, like, his main one?
1: Got it, yeah. So it's not the same content going out across all of them. There is some duplicates where if it goes up on TikTok, that same post will go on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera. But we'll have like, multiple TikTok accounts and those TikTok accounts are all posting different content. At least edit it differently. It might be the same timestamp, the same clip, but it's edited by a different editor, a different style, different B rolls are added. Gotcha. And the second part of that question was, uh, can you repeat it? Yeah. So
0: what's like making these these like accounts go from zero to like viral ability? Uh, Got it. Yeah. From, from zero, yeah.
1: So that's just the way the platforms are created now. To where TikTok, even Instagram Reels, Snapchat, you don't need followers to get views. You just need good content. And I think a good quote I'll read here from Mr. Beast. Does everyone here know Mr. Beast? I'm sure you've heard him, one of the biggest YouTubers out there. So he has this great quote when it comes to the algorithm that I shared with the team recently. And he says, anytime you say the word algorithm, just replace it with audience. The algorithm didn't like that video. No, the audience didn't like that video. Literally all the algorithm does is reflect what the people want. And if you deny that, you you just make terrible videos and are trying to find a scapegoat. So if your videos are getting zero views, Reality is you probably just need to make better videos.
0: Yeah, so just piggyback on that a little bit more. So we call them, it's like we create one username. So like Ty Lopez Clips. And then we'll have that username within a created account across the five platforms. And then we do that for six usernames for 30 total accounts, right? So we post the same content per platform per username, but we have six different pillars of exclusive content being posted out. And then it just comes back to like, every account has its own exclusive content. So if you really like Ty Lopez and the stuff he puts out, you can follow his main social, but if you follow the secondary account, you're gonna be seeing a lot of stuff that's not on his main social. So that's kind of the value prop behind it. And then just gives us again, so many more at bats to hit home runs with viral videos and then push that views and exposure back to their main account. So it just comes down to quality content and volume. It's a game of consistency. We have some accounts that will, I mean, we're posting six times a day and they're getting, you know, 12 views a video, 20 views a video, and they'll stay stuck at, let's say a few hundred followers for two months, all of a sudden month three just pops. And then we have a video, get million views, the account has 1,000, 1,500 followers, and it just takes off from there. I kind of look at it as the journey from zero to 1,000 is similar to the journey from 1,000 to 10,000, which is similar to the journey from 10,000 to 100,000. There really is an exponential effect. With this, and so the longer you stay consistent, you're gonna see results over time. Awesome, thank you guys. Did you you guys get a chance to share your socials so people could follow you?
1: Yeah, if you go to mediascaling.com, you will find our socials on there, but my personal as well. I don't really post on there, frankly, but it's just Spencer Murphy, you'll find me, and
0: Logan's. As of now, we're the hidden secret yeah. behind personal brands. We don't have big personal <laughs> brands ourselves uh, yet, but we do have our Media Scaling accounts running, so we're on every platform, TikTok, YouTube, and our website. Uh, we have these resources here as well that we we're planning on sharing with everyone. I'm still happy to share it, so just come up to us later on. We can turn this stuff over to everyone. Or if there's a place we could drop it in, like a chat, that would be easiest. Yes, we'll let you guys know. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Applause, please.